that's the word solutions. Yeah. <laughs> building something that solves something, you right. know, and not just building something that you have to spend a lot of marketing dollars that you feel you have to convince or cajole someone to buy or purchase. Yeah. You need to provide some value. Yep. You know, and that's that's I think what's gonna transcend and win the day. You are now connected with Enclave for Entrepreneurs at O'Hare International Airport in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Enclave O'Hare, the local to global learning and earning center for entrepreneurs and their influencers. On the 19th of February, 2020, we brought back the Enclave Entrepreneur of the Year for 2018, Eric Broughton. Now the general manager of multifamily at Expedia Group, Eric took an even deeper dive into the different phases of his journey thus far. Like any industry, the multifamily housing market is going through rapid change. Listen in as we discuss Eric's thinking through changing regulation, business development, and everything else outside the lines of business. Give us a little bit of background. Absolutely, Scott. Eric Broughton, General Manager of Expedia Group Multifamily Solutions. All right. All right. And you've been on here before? I have. I have. Second time. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks can for having you, me back. Can you give us a quick recap of um, prior to getting to Expedia, kind of your journey in, in getting there from uh, mm-hmm. starting your first business to where you're at now? Absolutely. Yes. And uh, for those listeners, uh, you could listen to my other podcast as well with yourself. <laughs> Good story. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'll start uh, electrical engineer by schooling, uh, South Dakota School Mines and Technology, the hard rockers. Yes, sir. So you got to represent. Uh, went from there, worked for a company, Cargill Steel, uh, did some pretty cool things, uh, As a, started as a plant engineer and then worked my way up to be the IT manager. And then uh, moved to Chicago, did some consulting work with a company called Tusk, Oracle Consulting. Yeah. Uh, raised my hand, became uh, the president of Chicago's Oracle User Group. And that was pretty exciting. And then I was uh, was picked uh, picked out uh, by the CIO of Amley Residential, AMLI. They're acquired by Morgan Stanley for yeah. about $2.5 billion. And uh, they had a tech stack built on Oracle. Mm-hmm. And... They were looking to utilize that technology across their across their platforms, their other real estate assets, which at the time was $100 billion assets under management, and uh, brought me on board as uh, COO and president mm-hmm. and worked with them to build this entity. Unfortunately, the, the financial crisis hit in 2008, mm-hmm. so took a step back, and Morgan Stanley was really kind and released our charter so that we could sell externally, mm-hmm. started building some products. And I think you, you heard in the panel tonight, I was very fortunate in that um, you know I had some experience in consulting, but then also I had a, a chance uh, luncheon, uh, not just me, me and about sixty other friends with Mark Benioff, yeah, and learning about SaaS and how recurring revenue, and the light bulb just went off, and uh, started to build some products in multifamily, the apartment industry, uh, that were a recurring revenue base, and um, that really set the foundation for that technology experience uh, to build products and recurring revenue. Love it. Yeah. Should I keep going from there? No, All right. Well, I, All right. You know, when, when you opened up tonight and, and tonight you kind of dove into um, taking, you know, this whole idea with multifamily and, and right. um, you know, the short-term rental market and those kind of things and mm-hmm. really applying it to maybe some folks that had some resistance around it originally. And right. we may have talked about this in the last podcast, but the thing that sticks out to me, Eric, personally is, you know, and I wrote it down right when you said it, 
you know, at the end of the day, uh, you need to solve problems. That's right. right? Like, are we making a tangible result Love here it. from a revenue standpoint? Are we saving money? Are we creating uh, new streams of revenue and whatever that may be? And you said that the thing that stuck in your head was, you know, these multifamily business owners having this kind mm-hmm. of issue of, you know, these short-term rentals, how are they going to deal with it? And you built this product around it. Right. But what what you mentioned that you did before that, and, you know, you had a little bit of advantages because you've sold businesses mm-hmm. before, but exactly right. what, what hit with me is, okay, so you're this person that's an entrepreneur and you have this idea, which mm-hmm. is an excellent idea, but where a lot of that stuff, you know, eventually just dies is people don't go ask people about this problem that they that's know exactly exists right. and just go have conversations. So mm-hmm. I'm a sales and business development guy, you know that. So yes. What would you say to the folks that you know have this idea? We talk about that enclave a lot, like that it all starts in the brain. Mm-hmm. But then, not you know, h- how do these folks remove that fear and just go have some conversations with people to Absolutely. validate this thought? Absolutely, I would say from an entrepreneurial journey, you know, I've even had my mother called me and said, "Hey, I've got this idea." <laughs> I <laughs> love that. Said, you know, yeah. <laughs> and she starts there. She starts talking about something. And uh, it was great because she was really describing facial recognition. And I said, well, Mom, that's going to come around soon. And, <laughs> you know, she had this idea, and, yeah. and it, but she was talking about it. And, um, and I think it, it goes back to I've done some work with uh, some other groups in town. I volunteer for the Founders Institute. Yeah. And I serve on a panel, and I'll give them ratings. I'm kind of the Simon Cowell of the group. You know, I'll hear uh, eight different presentations, and I'll tell them, no, stop what you're doing. You yeah. know, or what are you solving? And, you know, stop wasting grandma's money you know, yep, just yep. Do, do something that solves solves something real yeah uh, so i've had some practice doing that but go back to my idea of w- what i did different in first i listened to major problems and i let that sit and bake and resonate for a while in my mind how long did, did you Ooh, do that for that was about it it was probably six months yeah. from when i heard the original pain point and you know i'd known there was airbnb around and different things but until i saw four billionaires on stage complaining about the exact same problem and commiserating about it. And, and I knew there was something, but I couldn't quite figure out. And what what I found is even when I started to have conversations with these executives at different real estate groups, is that what I thought the, what I thought the solution that I had thought up, yeah. uh, thinking through things thoroughly, yeah. uh, what I thought I had was actually incorrect, or at least... It was technically correct, but it's not what the market wanted. It's not what they wanted. You mm-hmm. know, the old Henry Fordism of, you know, everyone wanted a faster horse. Well, yeah, maybe people do want a faster horse. You right, know, they, right. they're not ready for the car yet. So I built something that was the market wanted. And my idea was, is that, a, is that if I gave them what they wanted, then eventually I could transition to what I thought they needed. And, oh, and and even where we are now, I'd and the, and the difference was that was helping the residents to share more effectively. That's still probably about three or four years from really grabbing on, in my opinion. Yeah. In the marketplace, there's some technology solutions that need to be put in place. There's some, you know, uh, cultural acceptance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to produce something that the market wanted now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you, um, you know, you know that this problem is relevant, but you know the folks that are going to be buying, like you mentioned, it's like, yes. I, I know they need this eventually, but you know, they're kind of in this capacity, kind of being their own worst enemy a little bit because it's, Hey, this is the way we've always done it. Or right. this is the way that we have to do it. So how do you, as somebody who's built already, you know, several businesses before that, you know, mm-hmm. it's a good idea conceptually, at least, right. how do you deal with getting that information from them 
and not, you know, basically calling them fools by any means, but right. like kind of having the patience to work through that with them. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, uh, having conversation over food or beer always helps. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like <laughs> you know, that. Yeah. That always helps. Yeah. So that's a great way to start. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just and what the best thing is just being honest uh, and vice versa. But I guess that's helped over the years of gaining their trust. Yeah. Uh, so the businesses I've built have been trust-based <laughs> businesses, and the individuals that um, that I've sold to, uh, that I've, I've worked with, it's always been solutions that they that they believe or they know. Yeah. So I've earned that over the years. Yep. And I've earned that transparency with them. Mm-hmm. So it probably didn't come to come, you know, forthright. It came over time. Mm-hmm. And I still have those groups and people that, you know, even now they're saying, oh, what are you working on next, Eric? Tell me what you're working on next. You know, let me write you a check or something. Like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm doing my job here. I'm, I'm, I'm good for a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, we'll get there maybe one yeah, day. Yeah, right? Exactly. So you, you, you built um, apartment jet and, and you had staff of how only, many folks? Only are? 11 people. Yeah. yeah. We kept a really, really tight shop. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, and, and you, I mean, this is your baby. You're super yes. proud of it. Mm-hmm. And you get to the point where Expedia is ready to acquire you. And, and mm-hmm. can you share the story about the yeah. cake pop at Starbucks? I think that's a great, you know, just, just to show, you know, Absolutely. also when, and when folks are going to hear this, like, yeah. That just showed you it was kind of messing with you for a while before you, you made you got to that. Mm-hmm. that it point. was so. So I'll share the story with it. Is that uh, uh, so? You go through the acquisition process, start with letter of intent, mm-hmm. and then about fifty-eight days later, you go through due diligence and you get to ready to close the deal. We closed it. Get a little bit of money in the bank because you have some holdback and other things that are normal in a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a day or two before uh, the earnings call. Uh, where Mark Oakstrom, the CEO at the time, would announce, hey, we're acquiring Apartment Jet. And I'd give him my CEO quote and all the fun things that you do in a press release. And they're telling you about it's going to be on Times Square and all these great things. It's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, it's going to be on Bloomberg and all their good good channels of, of CNBC. Just inflating your ego. Exactly. Slowly, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, I'm just on, on cloud nine, you know, walking on. And of course, I can't call up mom or anybody and say, or my college buddies, guess what just happened? You know? Yeah. Because it's not announced yet. So That's I got to right. keep that. But so it's just a personal, personal, you know, floating on, on air. And then um, uh, the MA guys, you know, Give me a call, hey, Eric. We're in town, and these guys are ones in Seattle, ones in Austin. That's weird, you know. They say, "Hey, well, let's let's get let's get together, let's grab a coffee, let's grab a lunch, grab a." No, I'm good. I got some things going on. I'm still working on this and that. Like, yeah. No, no, no. We're in town, so that's okay, guys. We can just do a call. They're like, "No, no, no let's do." It. I thought, oh, they want to talk. Yeah, this <laughs> so, is a little more serious than grabbing a cup of coffee. Exactly. Yeah. I thought, man, they can't be pulling out of the deal. That's just crazy. Yeah. So they sat. We sat down in a Starbucks. And uh, there's a cake pop on the table, and I think, huh, a cake pop? And uh, I don't like cake pops myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it turned out to be more bitter than I thought. <laughs> so so they sit down. They say, uh, well, Eric, you know, we just want to let you know that we're also acquiring Pillow Residential. I thought, what? Really? Well, that, And were they b- yeah. prior to acquisition and direct competitor of yours? A uh, pseudo competitor. They were chasing the, the concept that I originally had. Yeah. And they were trying to make that happen. And because I, you know, through my personal thoughts, uh, didn't see that working, uh, they were able to get that to work in some markets and, and some clients. And uh, and the CEO and I, you know, he and I just didn't see eye to eye, to eye. We sat on different panels, and I just had a feeling like, man, this is going to be tough culturally. Uh, but it really, it was, you know, we're here to talk about the, the psychological side of this. It was very difficult, you know, personally 
to have to share the stage. You know, yeah. you work so hard and you're ready to, ready to do that. And I, that that was something I had to deal with internally, um, you know, put the pride aside, the ego aside, uh, which is not my strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to do that mm-hmm. and uh, and had to go, okay, I'm going to share the stage with somebody else. You know, and, and on the counter side, he felt the same way on the other side. And uh, we had to do that together, you know, and be announced. And and that it took away some of the some of the juice, you know. But it was still exciting, you know. It was still still top of the world. But sharing the stage, you know, it's the gold medal. But your co gold medal or your co CEO, yeah, that was tough, you yeah. Know? But uh, but he and I made it work. We had uh, had our own beer summit. There you, <laughs> you go. Know, worked through some things, and uh, and now the teams are rocking and rolling. Uh, we put some of the you know the naming convention. We took the company names, put it behind us. Merged together under Expedia Group Multifamily Solutions. Flexible Living Platform is our technology. Merged the tech stack and the team. You know, got rid of all our, our T-shirts and tattoos. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, went yeah. back to brass stacks and got got the job done. So it's all good now. Anything that you, you feel like you've learned in the last couple? Because you've been with Expedia yeah. for how long? Yeah, uh, eighteen, almost 18 months now. And and I would imagine yeah. a lot of that is working with the team over a pillow as well to kind of combine Absolutely. this. And, you know, you, mm-hmm. the brand and all that kind of stuff. Yes. What's, what's one of the more important things you learned, would you say, in the last 18 months? Yeah, in the last 18 months, learning is just uh, it's getting back in that big, big uh, co- corporate environment. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot of negative connotations, but it's also a lot of positive opportunities as well. Yep. I mean, you can uh, you can collaborate with the finance team, with the HR team. Uh, outstanding opportunities like the regulations. Uh, the, there's more lawyers on the regulation side than we had employees before. So yeah. those are that's pretty exciting, especially um, if you go into this new environment of uh, regulatory-heavy short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. It's really beneficial to have a team like that behind you yeah. as you grow this organization. Yeah. yeah. Government does a lot of great things, but from a business <laughs> owner perspective, it can be a very scary yeah, absolutely. thing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. For for business owners that are kind of dealing with transition and, you know, we've got this whole changing economy, you know, thing going, you've dealt with that, you've been through that. And one of the things mm-hmm. that you mentioned tonight was, you know, a big piece was you wish, wish that you'd reached out to your mentor yeah. and coach, John Dallas, in a couple of mm-hmm. key moments. And, and whether that be, you know, a psychiatrist that you lean on or, or mm-hmm. a business coach, can you just talk about the importance of having somebody like that to help you deal with the emotions of these huge decisions and all these changes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's such an under underrated, underappreciated aspect of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, the mental toll mm-hmm. on an individual. And uh, it goes beyond yourself as well, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, my family, my friends. It's it's something you have to be aware of as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. how that affects the group and how you're communicating to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know during the transaction, even when I'm building the company, it was important to inform them of where I was, you know, personally, mm-hmm. how, how, if there was something really stressful going on, uh, because you still have to be a father, a husband, <laughs> a participant. You know, yeah. you still have to be that person. <laughs> Why you're building this company, you yep. know, which may take 20 hours one day, right, you know, right. and then the next, you know, a couple of days later, you have a. That's why you have a co-founder, and you say, "Hey, man, I need a, I need a little bit of a window here. Can you carry the load for me a little bit?" And yep. it's outstanding that way. And then back to the 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 mentors and advisors, you know, like John Dallas is a coach. It helps you stay a little bit more centered yeah. and kind of remind yourself of what you said you were going to do two months ago or a month ago. Mm-hmm. And it's important to think about the things that are that are not bottom line driven. You know, mm-hmm. it's a bottom line from the financial perspective. That's easy to measure. Yeah. But when you take a step back and go, am I taking care of myself, my fitness? You know, did I skip those last two doctor's appointments or whatever mm-hmm. I need to do? You forget about that because it's less of a less important. You yeah. know? But hey, if your health isn't there, 
no amount of success. That's the world right. Matters, yeah, you, know? you won't be creating a whole lot of anything. <laughs> exactly. In that yeah. Exactly. Any last, you know, kind of words of advice, or you know, as, as we uh, head into 2020 here and really dive in, what you, you know. Yeah, I think uh, you know it goes back to the question you asked earlier, or statement about about solving problems. I think uh, it's a fascinating time that we're about ten years. This is a bolder statement, but yeah, no, we're I about love it. we're about love ten it. years, uh, you know, a decade into this just boom times. Yep. we have generations that have never experienced recessions or know what that's like. I think what we're gonna find is 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 if and when there will be a recession eventually. Yep. it'll be the people that are solving problems that are adding value will stay around and will continue to grow. That's right. And uh, you got to keep on building solutions. That's the word, solutions. Yeah. <laughs> building something that solves something. You right. know, not just building something that you have to spend a lot of marketing dollars, that you feel you have to convince or cajole someone to buy or purchase. Yeah. You need to provide some value. Yep. You know, and that's, that's I think, what's going to transcend and win the day. So a little a little soapboxy at the end, but no, uh, that, that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at things. Hey, absolutely. at the end of the day, we're in a very much a changing world, and you're right. Like it's been really good for a really long yeah. time here, but yeah. you got to focus on what's going to drive tangible results for folks, and then you'll, you'll everything else takes care of itself. That's exactly right? right. Exactly right. Eric, per usual, thank mm. you very much. Thank you, my friend Scott. Appreciate Pleasure. it. Although Eric was not literally standing on an enclave soapbox, his message was heard loud and clear. Having passion about your business is vital. When reflecting with coaches and on your own, ask yourself if your venture will provide a solution that delivers a tangible business result. Entrepreneurs leading startup companies or years old ventures should heed his advice. The people who are solving problems and adding value will stay around and continue to grow during the next downturn. For more information on our third Wednesday of every month masterclass in applied metacognition, please visit EnclaveForEntrepreneurs.com.